Walsh, that certainly didn't go to Gorkwine on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal by the Blues, the young and the old together. The ground and there it is, Paulson, McGovern again. Oh yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front, the Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Betts gets in and the table here was Garland. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo that will finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. Welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast, Blue Baggers. That one is definitely a tough pill to swallow. It's your host, Jed Zetzer, here. Alongside my co-host, Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome to the show. Good to see you again, Zoot. Yeah. Tough afternoon. That's, yeah, you know what it is? It just stings. It's just, that's that's really, you know, stabbing a wound. That's just... Oh, that, oh God. That's just like ripping a Band-Aid off very quickly. And that is just... It was it was disgusting to me. It was just... Oh, I'm going to be it's honest. It's, 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 it's hard to... I know. It's... It's never nice losing after the siren, but I guess, you know, we've, when you're playing the top team, when we're winning for basically the entire last quarter, you know, to lose the game like that is really hard. And they had a lot of chances at the end, Port Adelaide, and probably mm. should have been leading early before Robbie Gray had that kick, but it doesn't make it any easier. No, it's, it's, it absolutely stings. And I guess at the end of the day, you can look at the game as a whole and say, well, Carlton probably shouldn't have won, but... If you look at the game, 50 seconds to go, Carlton have possession of the ball, and I I, re- I don't want to sound really negative here, but I don't think we could have done anything worse in the last 50 seconds. And we talk about, you know, footy IQs and losing your head and whatnot, and um, it's hard to know from home, because obviously you can't see what's behind, what's ahead of the footy. Um, naturally, I'd, I just assumed he was going to go, you know, up the line, and I was hoping we'd bring the ball to ground at least and get a stoppage or get it out of bounds. But we just lost all aerial presence ahead of the ball in the last quarter. It kept Jonas and McKenzie. They were having a field yeah, day. And just everything to McKay, to McGovern, to Casbolt was just—it wasn't even getting to the ground. It was just coming straight back, and the back yeah. line was under all sorts. It was a slingshot. Port yeah. Adelaide were just setting up far better than we were, and I think that what happened was, as you said, we were getting smacked in the air. But it wasn't just that. We weren't... I mean, it wasn't like we were bringing it to ground. They were marking everything. I know. There was always one out back. It was always, you know, they'd create a little bit of a scrap in the contest and Jonas would be out back or Mackenzie would be out back. Yeah. And it was just a slingshot. I couldn't agree more yeah, with no, you. We just lost a lot of composure at the end. And look, I, 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 it's hard on Gibbons because I'm not I, I, sure I'm not sure if there, are, there might not have been any options behind, to be honest. I think 98% of footballers would have done exactly what Michael Gibbons did. I thought Gibbons was really good today. Yeah. I thought he was great. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not blaming Gibbons, but I'm blaming because I think as well Carlton didn't do enough to rectify that issue. That Port Adelaide kept on getting it out the back. Carlton. Ne- I mean, Harry McKay needed to position himself better in the packs. He needed to launch himself a little bit later. I feel he kept he kept getting up in the air really early. Yeah, yeah he gets under the footy a lot, McKay. Yeah, but, I, um... I think he needed to hold back a bit. Jonas. Jonas cleaned him up, let's be honest. Yeah, Jonas played, he took nine marks today, Jonas. And yeah. Then, yeah. And I thought their flankers as well. Um, their defense Burn is. Burn Jones and Burden were their very good. Their defense is top shelf. It yeah. is unbelievable. We're not taking anything away from Port Adelaide no, here. Port their, their defense is just. I, I had not seen it this year. But, yeah, I no. mean, I didn't believe in it. But today it was just. And, and people say, oh, they've got no tall defenders. Well, 
You don't need. No. The way they were playing today, you really don't need. They're really good operators, Port Adelaide. And I just think as well... Brilliantly coached. They are. And I, did you not feel... Even in the... I found the second and third quarters really hard to watch. Just because we did own territory for most of those middle two quarters without getting big scores on the board. But I just thought every time Port Adelaide got the ball, there were two things. They transitioned the ball so quickly from one end to the other. Oh, it was scary. And why was the corridor just always available to them? Yeah, I'd... like you know, there, there just wasn't a lot of resistance in the forward half, mm. and in the first ten minutes of the last quarter, we were getting repeat stoppages in the forward line. We were, you know, just making them play on our terms at our end of the ground, and we couldn't really do that in this. And they didn't punish us on the scoreboard, luckily. And we didn't cause... really punish them. No, we owned the last quarter. We owned it. I felt. We did. As in, our yeah. pressure, our tackling, our intensity, it was just all there. We, last five we actually came out in that last quarter perfectly. I, I was I was stoked. Yeah. I was stoked. I thought, you know, we're going to win this game. That's what I, I thought. I thought we were going to win it. I know. It, it, it would have been such oh, the mood if we would have won that game. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't... You've got to remember as well that if he misses that kick, this is a completely different podcast. Oh. This is, it's just a completely different... It's a completely different week. You know, Carlton have been spoken about as, you know, the next big thing. Because let's be honest, you know, we went toe-to-toe with the league leaders who are now 6-1. and one. Mm. Um, You know, we, we are good enough. I'm going to make a big call. And, and you said it, so I know you're going to back me up here. I think we are good enough for finals now. I don't think next year. I think we're good enough to play finals this year. We are good enough to make the finals. Do I think we'll make it? Probably not, because we're still going to have moments like we just saw today. Yeah, yeah. But we, in terms of raw ability, we definitely are good enough. I think we're actually in the best eight teams in the competition. We probably are right now. Like I, th- I think we're better than St Kilda. Yeah. I think we're better than Hawthorne. Yep. Yeah, I, I think agree. I think we're better than who else is in that group? I, I think, think we're better than Essendon. I think we're playing better footy than Richmond. We are. Well, we definitely are. I, I, yeah, I, I. We're playing good footy. It's just little. It's just little things, and it's like little errors that they just got to eradicate from their game. And just well, not. You, you can never eradicate errors. It's just about minimizing them. And it's you know, and it's where you make your errors as well. You know, there are a lot of errors coming out of the back line today, especially in the se- the first half of the second quarter. I was thinking, oh, like you know. On the ropes here. Mm, um, mm. After Betts kicked the first goal that quarter, there wasn't a great second quarter, and we just held on. Um, you know, and they missed a lot of opportunities, as did we, in a sense. But oh, it's just so disappointing. It really is. Yeah, it is. That's a game. You know, that one's been stolen from us. And you said this to me before about our four close games. Uh, we've won two. We've lost two. Yeah. We probably won the two that we should have lost and lost the two we should have won. Honestly, we really did. That's um, what you said to me before and I completely agree. Yeah, as in if we would have won today, it would have been almost identical to the Geelong win. Just mm. the opposition peppering in front of goals and us just waiting for the siren. Yeah. Um, but I guess with Geelong, you know, we had the six goal lead. Today was an absolute tug of war. It really was. It was actually a really good game. And I think... Hang we, on, that was from a neutral's point oh, of view. You can't ask for a better game of no, football. We, we the, wouldn't the have, lead never went over a goal. No, we wouldn't have lost a lot of, you know, believers today, really, from nah. externally. I think people, you know, and I, I think we set the target of seven and ten at the start of the year. And I think we've now got to look for at least eight and nine. Yeah. Nine and eight. Well, here's here's where it really stings. If you look down the path, you know, if you win today... You're four and three going into North, and the way that North are playing and the way that we're playing, that is you're staring down the barrel five and three going know, into a look, neutral game against Hawthorne. We've got to take next week 
as if it's just another good opposition. If we get to four and four, See, we're next, still in a next very week, good position. I, I'm more worried about next week than I was for this week, to be honest. Yeah, well, now, yeah, same. I, I, I think it's next week has danger written all over yeah, it. Yeah, of course, because we're going to go in heavy favourites. Yeah, they could be $4 with the bookies. They're, they're going to be well out. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want to throw some names at you because yep. I want to see what you thought of their performance and then I'll say what I thought. Sam Petrovsky-Seaton. It's an interesting one, Samo, because he didn't do much for the first 70% of the game, really. Exactly, yep. Couldn't um, agree more. But he ended up getting a little bit more on the ball, and I thought he was really good. You know, from you know the 20th minute mark of the third quarter onwards, I thought Petrovsky-Seaton played a good game. But once again, and this is why I don't think Petrovsky-Seaton's ready for the midfield, because he can't do it for long enough. And I know you can say he didn't have the opportunity because he was playing deep in the back line, but... I just think, you know, we saw that last year. He just comes in and out a bit too often. Yeah. But I thought, you know, when the game, you know, when that move was made, I thought he did play well. Yeah, I think he was our cleanest player in the last quarter. He he wouldn't have, I don't know what his disposal efficiency is, but he wouldn't have missed many targets. He no, was he, he was really important. When Whenever he got the ball, you felt a bit safe, didn't you? Yeah, and look, he only He actually had, went at 100% disposal efficiency right? today. Sam Petrovsky seed. There you go. No, he, look, he did play really well. Mm-hmm. Last thirty percent of the game, but once you just got to get a little bit more involved. He, just, he, did, but, he didn't actually touch the football until halfway through the second quarter. Is that right? Yeah, first disposal came. Who was he the mainly? Was he more like Butters today, or I feel like it was a bit of Motlop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it he was Motlop didn't Motlop. do anything either. So no, see, I think I think we actually held their smalls and mediums quite oh, well. We, I thought our small and medium defenders were exceptional today. Tom Williamson, yep, and tick Plowman. for me. Oh, yep. Lockie Plowman. I mean, he's the whipping boy. It's been well documented on this show as well. He probably played, in my opinion, his best game for the club today. And look, I, I'm not going to back down. I don't like Lockie Plowman. I don't think Lockie Plowman's a very good player, but Lockie Plowman played a really good game today. Yeah. Um, you can't say anything else. He played very, very well today, Plowman. Did not do... He, no, he actually didn't really put a foot wrong. He was even good with you know with the with, ball. Yeah, he was great with yeah, the ball in hand. Solid. Set up play. No, he did. He, 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 he played, was bursting through no, he, he played a really good game today, Plowman, so I can't take that away from him. The um, one for me who I was really disappointed with was my man, Levi. Yeah, I just, he didn't do he much just, today. He just had no impact on the game, really. And you felt like he got himself into good positions. And this may be more reflective of Port Adelaide, because I feel like they went into the game knowing they had to stamp him out. And they were double-teaming him a lot. Yeah. You felt like whenever Kasbolt got near the ball, two Port Adelaide players were on him. Yeah. So he maybe now needs to deal with that. But, I mean, the miss, the miss was inexcusable, really. I don't know what he was trying to do. He didn't need to kick the leather off the ball honestly, there. Honestly, he, it looked like he was trying to kick it out of the stadium. Honestly, but you know, we forgive and we forget. You can't turn a blind eye on all the good that he's done this year. But that really is oh, a coach you can't, killer. But it's it a is. coach. And killer. they go up the other end and kick a goal. And the same thing happened with Murphy against the Bulldogs. You know, he runs in and misses. But yeah, God, yeah, I know that really frustrates me. I think Casbolt. There was one instance where I thought they defended really well on him. And that was Jonas probably peeling off his man a bit. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it wasn't one of Casbolt's greatest games. But you know, there's some days where Casbolt can play the exact same way and he kicks three goals. Yeah, exactly. Talking about three goals, H. What do you think? H was good. Yeah, as in, I think you know if, if he's got he's kicked six goals in the last two weeks, so that's massive, and that's mm. all. He kicked a beautiful goal in the first quarter, yeah, didn't he? Gee, he's he's growing. His his last fortnight's been great. But you know, I think in the last quarter, he and McGovern were caught in a lot of you know contests down the line, and we just not even mark it, just bring it to ground. Mm. You know, mm. let our boys go to work. See, it's interesting because I thought McGovern was terrific today. He's as you pointed out last week on the show. 
His field kicking's elite. And I thought it was great today, but what let him down was that. was just not having the crash and bash in the contest like we need him to. And, you know, when you're going into a contest with McKay, McGovern and Casbolt against, you know, Jonas and McKenzie and whoever, the, and I think it was um, Cleary, you, you need to be getting a result there. At least bring it to ground. I know, no, no I completely agree. I just think, yeah, I, I don't know if it was one of McGovern's best games, to be honest. Um, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I actually really rated his he's, performance. He's, yeah, no, he was. He just he gave away he gave away two free kicks in the last quarter in a row. You know, he gave away a free kick in the contest and got caught holding the ball, which was pretty big as well. Mm. But I don't know. I think, and I said it last week. Do our defenders not know that when you've got the out number at a contest, you don't need to, you know, initiate contact with your opponent. It just happens a lot. You know, it, and I, it, it's a bit of panic. I know because Jones did it a bit. You know, you get a little bit. Ooh, like, what do I do here? And you're naturally just going to grapple with Dixon. Mm. But it just happens a lot where their first instinct is to, you know, find touch a bit and they give away f- these unnecessary free kicks. Did they need to move Weedering on to Dixon? It's a great question because Dixon was obviously, you know... He was... He, he was going to be the difference between winning and losing. He flipped the game on its head, really. I, it's a really tough one. I think in hindsight, because Dixon kicked three goals, four or whatever it was... You know, I think it's easy to say they should have moved Weedering, but I just don't think it, it would have changed. I actually think it would have been worse if Weedering was on him because I just don't think... It, it's it's weird because Weedering would have led Dixon to the ball, which would have been really good because that's what Weedering does. But I just think, you know, in those brute one-on-one, you know, when they're, you know, grappling and they're, then they're leading at the yeah, ball, Dixon's going D- to kill Weedering in that regard. So, And I said before the game, I, was, I thought they'd put Jones on him. Just strength. But you're not going to get many. Well. Yeah, you're not going to get many full forwards like that. To be honest, it was. He's a very tough matchup. Dixon. He's actually the inform forward in the whole competition, really. Yeah, he is. He's the all Australian full forward at the moment. So I actually thought Todd Marshall was really good on Weedering today. I think in you know in the forward fifty, Weedering didn't put a foot wrong, but he. I think he just allowed Marshall to get involved up the ground a bit too much. Well, I thought Weedering was actually really really good today. No, I th- I, defensively he was brilliant as he always is. He has, he still hasn't lost a single one-on-one the whole year. Perhaps, I don't know. I just think, you know, in terms of, you know, defending, he just does he's so good like No, he that. is. And he, he took is. him and look, he took him and once again it's we speak about composure late in the game. He took a, he took a massive mark late in the game oh, he and did. just turned the ball over like explicitly mm. just to, and he doesn't do that usually Weedering. Mm. And you know who else did that a bit in the last quarter? Doherty. Yeah, yeah. Look, Doherty lost his head a bit. I actually think Doherty is in a bit of a rut. His last three weeks have been... Mm, I'm not sure. He's not playing well at the moment, Doherty. He's not. And to be honest, he's probably not in the Australian team anymore, rolling. No, no, no. no he's not He's not playing well, Doherty. He's um, not. There's no two ways about it. He's and, just... and is that as a result of now teams actually playing players on him? They're, they're enforcing a defensive tag? Yeah, potential. I don't know if there was a hard one today, but it was just... He just struggled to... And he actually made a couple of blues by foot, which he usually doesn't, Doherty. It was a... Yeah, that wasn't one of his... It was almost one of his worst games for Carlton, really. Mm, yeah, disappointing. Look, we're going to move on. Let's rate the coach. Bolt, give us a rating out of 10 for Teague today. And talk to us a little bit about what he did well and what he could have done better. Well, the number I had in my mind at the end of the game was seven. Um, because I actually think, like, you know, we've got to remember here. Like, we're playing, you know, the top team, mm. you know, and we lost after the sirens. So we're in the game for, and like, 
we saw in that seven to eight minute patch in the first quarter, which was probably the best patch we played all year. Mm. That is the Carlton way, the link. You know, the that is the Carlton brand of foot, and it is unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it's those, awesome. It, it's really good, and you can see there's a directive. You know, to attack through the middle and those these very you know these kicks that are very difficult kicks, and it just exposes you out the back if you you know stuff them up. That's David Teague. So I think in terms of his coaching, I think the message is there. The game plan's clear. The game um, plan's great. Are we good enough to play the game? We're not good enough to perfectly play it yet because we still... Because I don't think we got the ball into the hands of the right type of people today. I think yeah, you know, I agree. those kicks coming in board were... A lot of them were through Kennedy and Nunes and like, you know, these guys. Mm. You know, they were doing a lot of it, which, you know, you'd rather Martin or, you know, Murphy or someone like that on the end of it. I was of the opinion Jones should have gone to Dixon. And I, I, look, I, I know Dixon won the matchup, but I think you know that was the right call. You know, before yeah. the game by Teague, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You know, we went in unchanged for the first time in three years today. So no, I, I don't think Teague could have really done much more today. No, really. in terms of setting the team up to put them in a winning position, there's not much more Teague could have done. Yeah, I'm actually going to give him an eight to be honest, because I think, yeah, no, no, you know, I'm going to give him a seven purely because. I would have liked to see the following things happen. So, he gets a seven for me because I would have liked to have seen Jack Martin in the middle for longer. Yeah. I don't think they put him in there enough. I would have liked to have seen the move. And, I mean, you're going to call me ridiculous. I think they needed to get Eddie in there. Eddie, whenever he was around the ball, he just creates. He makes things happen. He does. He just creates something. Um, I needed McGovern to be up the ground more. I thought, but that may be more on McGovern than Teague, but I feel like they needed to get him involved a little bit more. And yeah, I just think if you're going to have Kennedy, Kerno, and Walsh all around the ball, you know, for most of the game, you're destined for a couple of butchers. And oh, they, sure. they absolutely butchered it today, I thought. Yeah. I think Ed Kerno, whilst he was tremendous on Boke, because I actually thought when he, you know, went really tight on Boke, he won that matchup. Yeah. Because Boke didn't have the biggest impact. But you've got to acknowledge the fact that he still does butcher the ball, and we're happy to, you know, we're happy to take a butcher of the ball if he's shutting down the opposition's best player. But then, if you're going to have one guy doing it, you can't have Kennedy in there as well and Walsh in there as well because they really butchered it today. No, I agree. I just think, uh, see, I would have rather Martin and even Petrovsky Seden in there. And I think this comes back to what we said in the list analysis during the week. We just need clean ball users coming through the midfield. We need guys that, um, you know. Again, on the outside, you want the ball in their hands. Yeah. Look, um, and, and sorry, I may be a bit stiff on Walsh. I'm not saying he butchers it every time, but he does butcher it. No, he, 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 he did he, make a couple of big... Bo- I thought he played really well today, Walsh. Well, today he, was his, he, get, he gets in really good spots. Today was probably his best game for yeah, the year. No, he gets in really good spots. But yeah, I'm just two looking- goals, so he's hit the scoreboard. He did have four inside 50s. He took six marks, three tackles, two of them inside 50. I mean... He did have an impact, more of an impact than he has all year, no, and he... was clearly better than Rosie. So, Kane Corns, if you're listening, mate. I was thinking that during the game. Yeah. Gee, if we would have won, I would have got on the Twitter line and Ooh, yeah. got, got it no, on no. Cornsy's well, back. Walsh played really well. And look, Kerno wasn't that. Kerno was fine today as well. But um, there was one thing I was going to say, and I think it's just evaded me. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, the audition today. What did you think of um, Ollie Wines' audition? Can I be honest? You could probably gonna, People are going to think I'm nuts. I just don't think he's that good. I thought he had no impact on the game today. Zero. I thought he had a big second quarter. I actually um, couldn't really tell you one big thing yeah. that Wines did. No, interesting. I Yeah, I, I just saw no impact on the game. And if you ask me who I'd rather out of him and Papley, it's not even a question. I'd rather Tom Papley. Yeah. 
No, that's, you, no, that's fair. I think Papua is the better player. I just think when you're weighing up what you'd have to give away for both players, I think I'm in the Wines camp when it comes to that. And you know what? Port Adelaide may even, you know, just be fine with getting rid of him because he's not, you know, having the impact that they would like him to. He's not near the player he once was. No, no, he's not as good as he was in you know, 2014-15 when, when he was really young. But, um, yeah, look. It's Does he have the capacity one. to get back to that level? I'm not sure. He might be a little bit bruised. and I don't know. Maybe a fresh start is what he's after. I mean, it's, a, it's a tough one, to be honest. Mm. It's a tough one. Let's rate the players. Yep. Top three on the day. Bolt, kick us off. Who was third best afield for you? Alrighty. Or should we go best on first? Let's, um, what do you reckon? Well, I had three guys polling eight today. And okay, that was, so that's three. That was where it peaked for me. Okay, so name the three. So the three were Walsh, Plowman, and Wiedering. All got an eight today. They were, I think, our three best players. Um, Wiedering took seven marks. He just dominates the air, mm. Wiedering. He's, yeah. he's a terrific footballer. He really is. Um, he, he's very hard to stop. I think he's just such a good player. You know, that Plowman's put together an amazing fortnight, really. You know, I know he's direct opponent the goal after the siren, but you know you can't hang that on Lockie Plowman. He played a really good game today. He just did the basics. I actually think he was our best on. Yeah, he, he probably was. I think the Carlton Twitter page gave it to Walsh, who was my third as well. But um, I think Plowman, he just didn't. You know, and I've said it. You know, these th- these medium defenders. You know, you've just got to make yourself. You know, a little bit unnoticed, mm. and the fact that he became noticed in a really good because he was being unnoticed yes. was really good. He just did the basics. You just got to play the percentages when you're playing in the back pocket, and that's what Plowman did. And we've spoken about Walsh. You know, he got himself into really good areas, and he hit the scoreboard, which is just a massive bonus, really. No, I agree. I agree. He definitely, he definitely did. So I've actually got the same top three, but I'll throw in a couple other names. For what it's worth, I gave Plowman a nine. I think. He almost would have got a 10 for me if it wasn't for that goal after the siren. It just it just takes one off his mark. But, uh, yeah, no, you can't really be blaming him for that because it wasn't his fault, let's be honest. No. So, yeah, Plowman best on for me, Weedering second best on, and Walsh. Actually, no, I'm going to go Walsh was second best on, Weedering third, but they both get an eight. Chucking in a couple of other names. I name him every week, but Michael Gibbons, I just thought he was so good today just because... You know, firstly, the goal he kicked was yep. big. We yeah, needed to well, hit the scoreboard. It. And that's the difference between him now and what he was at the beginning of the season where he was getting all those opportunities and not taking advantage T- of them. Today's first quarter is also reminiscent of where Carlton are. You know, we conceded the first three goals in the first five minutes of the game to the, to the leaders of the league. And then to hit back with the next four yeah. in even quicker time is yeah. just... That actually speaks volumes of the group, really. No, I completely agree. I want to give uh, a big mention to Will Setterfield. He just... He's, he's. It's now a month. It's now a month yeah. of just amazing form. I don't think today he was as good as he was in the last few games. But still, if you look he at his... He just doesn't get his possessions in the most... Because um, look at his heat map. It's a real... Halfback. It's a really weird heat map. He, I just think, you know, if we want him to become the second fiddle to Cripps, we need him going both ways. But here's the stats that stand out to me. And these were well, I noticeable. Think he played well. I gave him a seven. So I think he played well. So I've also given him a seven. He had 10 tackles. Yeah. yeah 10 tackles. Like it was a hard game of and, footy. Yeah. And he was right on the Port Adelaide midfielders. Like he was sticking. He wasn't just... They weren't these half-assed tackles. They yeah. were these sticks of tackles. And that's what you want. And also the four clearances. So he was bursting through packs. 
Yeah, I, th- I think he's turning into a really yeah. important player for us, Will Setterfield. Yeah, no, and for me, it's just going both ways. Because only two score involvements as the guy we probably see as being our second fiddle midfielder mm. going forward. We just probably need a little bit more the other side. But I'm clutching at straws, really. I, th- I, I, I did think he played well, Setterfield. Now, worth You know, 183 metres gain. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I think he's got to get both sides of his okay, game. that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Didn't run enough, are you saying? Well, that's just, no, so 183 metres gain. It's just like his possessions weren't. Getting okay, enough territory. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, worst three on the ground for you. Yeah. I think I think there's one. There's one that really, really stands out. Well, I gave a t- I dished I've dished out a two today. It had to go to the Ruckman. Uh, that's exactly who I was talking about. He got he got just To put it politely, smashed. Yeah. He got absolutely smacked by with all due respect to Peter Laddams. He's nothing more than a, than a sand for Ruckman at this stage. You know, Pittenet had three possessions around the ground. Adams had 21. Well, there you go. And I didn't think Pittenet was very imposing at stoppages anyway, to be honest. Uh, Pittenet had his pants pulled down today for the second time in three weeks. Yeah, I can't disagree. And I'm a fan of him. And look, you're going to get these performances with a guy who's playing his first season, really. Yeah, he's played 12 games, so I'm not hanging no, it's it not, on It's him. not worrying for him. We're not worrying about his career, but you need to be better. You really need to be yeah. better. And and here's the other move I would have done, which is um, another comment I forgot to make regarding Teague. I would have thrown Casbold in the ruck for the last quarter just and get just Casbold involved a bit more for the whole get for the whole quarter though. Yeah. I would have just, just had him, him, him as the, the ruckman. Him as the ruckman because Pittenet was going nowhere. We were getting nothing out of him. There yeah. was no point in persisting. We were getting nothing. You may as well have chucked Pittenet down back or down forward as a spare man. Yeah, we were just getting nothing from him. So. Yeah, I would have done that, but look, he was definitely the worst on ground for us today. Who were the other two that you'd like to point out? And it's probably stiff because there weren't many players oh, today think, who played I badly. I think there was another one. I gave Kennedy a three. I thought, I, you know, yeah. with Kennedy, it's a matter of two steps forward, five steps back today, really, I think. And I know that's going to sound really harsh, but Kennedy made a lot of errors. You know, when, you, when you're a midfielder who has 15 possessions and you're operating at 53%, mm. and I can tell you explicitly three errors he made in the first quarter. He made a big one in the second. He made two big ones in the last quarter as well. He kicked it out in the full. Yeah. And then he turned one over, you know, one of those kicks trying to come back in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah, He just made a lot of errors today. And I said it last week, you know, when I was speaking about Kennedy and Cunningham, it's, you know, with Kennedy, like, cause even last week I said, you know, it's great that he's, you know, gotten 20-odd possessions, but, you know, there were still a couple of blemishes, and I just think today he got a little bit exposed, Kennedy. Uh, you know, he just handballed to no one a couple of times. I just, yeah. So my question to you is... I wasn't is, wrapped with it. He'll play next week. Well, I was going to say, will he? They've got, someone's got to go out for Fisher. I think Fisher would have been huge today. Yeah, yeah, it might actually be Kennedy then for Fisher. And it's really stiff. It's really stiff, but I just feel like... Well, this is the depth we've like, created. Everyone's playing on edge. I just feel like today... Fisher would have been huge. He just would have been... We needed a bit more dash. We had the dash, but imagine having Fisher instead of Kennedy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a tough one. We'll talk about team selection afterwards. One more in the bottom three, or are you not going to name another one? No, I will. Because I actually had a few players on four. I actually had Doherty on four. I didn't think he played very well. Mm. I thought Jones played, you know, an average game, but the fact that he lost probably got him down from a five to a four. The yeah. fact that he lost his one-on-one, but I'm not going to specify Jones. 
I'm going to spit, and then I actually had Casbold as a four as well, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, he was a five, but that miss in front of goal, you go down to a four. Mm. Um, I had Cunningham as a four as well, to be honest. I really? Just think, yeah, I just didn't think he got involved enough today. He and didn't then, get involved enough, but I feel like when he was involved, he was pivotal. No. He, in that first quarter, he was so pivotal moving yeah, forward. Yeah, no, no, he did, he did have a couple of really nice plays. I just He's think, always involved in those beautiful chains. Do you not do you not just think like I compare him a bit to Gibbons? There's there's, there's another there's a he can go to that Gibbons level. No, he can. can he can go to another level. He can. It's just a bit frustrating. And obviously, you know the moment with a minute forty on the clock when he'll streaming forward and have mm. the shot there. If you watch the replay, there were two guys who could have you know stood there and had a beer at centre half forward. He just could have kicked it to him, and that was really he disappointing. You know, he only went at fifty six percent today, David Cunningham. So I just didn't think it was one of his better games, but I don't think he's under. Any concern at team selection? Yeah, no, that's fair. So, yeah, I have to agree. Pittanet, worst on for me, and my other two were Casbolt and Doherty. Sorry, yeah. uh, I thought Kennedy was second worst on, and then uh, for third worst on, it was probably Casbolt or Doherty. I'm not sure. Yeah, Doherty wasn't very good today. Uh, yeah, I, see, I'm not. I just don't know what impact he had on the game. I mean, I don't. I I think he was actually really uh, costly. At times, yeah, he was, he was, he was. His disposal of the ball wasn't great, um, and I said it going into the last quarter. Our two skippers hadn't had a great day, and I said they need to step up. If they step up, we probably win. See, I actually think Cripps had a really big last quarter. He but, just no, did Cripp, everything. Cripps, he... Cripps did. Cripps yeah. responded. I'm saying I think he did. Doherty didn't though. Oh no, Doherty didn't. He's had a yeah. He's having a rough patch, Doherty. He hasn't really had it in his Carlton career, really. Mm, it's yeah. It's a really weird one to be honest, but. Yeah, look, let's move on to team selection for next week. Yep. Are you making any changes? And if so, what are you doing? Um, well, then there's the Silvani dilemma as well. well I've, I've got My changes are clear-cut. They're clear-cut. For me, yeah, it's got to be probably Fisher for Kennedy. I'm not sure if Silvani will come back in yet. Really? I don't know who else to take out, to be honest. I don't think you can take out Cunningham. I don't think you can take out Nunes. I don't think you can take out... I don't know who else there is to take out, really. What do yeah, you reckon? It's a, good, it's a good issue to have. I actually think Nunes played all right today. I, th- I agree. I, I thought think, he was really good. I thought good. Nunes played well. Yeah, Nunes was in our better half. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and just hang on a second. He kicks big goals. He does kick Last big week goals. he did. This week he did. Round one Round against one, Richmond. He does kick big goals. He's got a knack for kicking big goals. He just... He's one of those players, Nunes. He just does enough not to get dropped. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? I agree with you. Like, and then sometimes he does a little bit more. Yeah. And today he did that a little bit more. He, like, he's not... He's going to hold his spot in the team again, Nunes. So yeah, for mine it's clear cut. It's Kennedy out and you bring in one of Fisher or Silvani. It depends how they want to match up against North... I actually think Fisher needs to come in for North because North like to yeah, move the ball same. quickly. Well, I think especially if Zebel shouldn't play. But at the same time, Silvani's easily in the 22. No, he is. But He's ahead is... of Fisher. Yeah, I agree. It's a really tough one. I actually can't really make a case for anyone being dropped bar Matt Kennedy. Yeah, no, you're right. You're actually right. I, I don't yeah. think... And I think, sorry, I think dropping Kennedy is swinging the axe. Yeah. That is... that. I well, mean... it's stiff because he played well against Footscray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's 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 a really tough one. But it, once we said it last week, we put ourselves in a really good position in terms of depth. What do you think of Murph's game today? Neither here nor there, to be I honest. I, I think he, he just ex- more. he just existed. He missed yeah. a big shot at goal on three quarter time as mm, well. I know. Or just before he just it was a neither here nor he just it was just a bit of a yep. <laughs> I wish we would have won that game for him. Really, yeah. I really wish we would have. 
Can I just say, I know he only had six possessions, but gee, Eddie Betts makes things happen. Oh, he, he's so good. He is. He's. I, I'm. I, you said it um, earlier in the year. He's definitely playing his best footy for Carlton. It's I, not even. Close. I think he's clearly in the top five recruits this year, and I think Jack Martin's clearly number one on that list in terms of best recruits. Yeah, and I think Dan Butler, Hugh Greenwood go two and three. Um, I think they're the clear top three in terms of recruits, but I think Betts and probably Brandon Ellis round out that list, to be yep, honest. No, I, I think agree. Betts is unbelievable. Betts has been unbelievable. He really There's is. There's no talks of retirement. I don't care oh, what he's he, got, I don't care what age he's gotta play on next year. Yeah, he's he's too good to end this year. No, he's got more than ten weeks left in him. Yeah, no, nah, he's yeah, nah. He he'll definitely no. One hundred percent he'll play next year. He could go for two more. You don't know. I mean he's, we'll, we'll take it a week <laughs> at a time. But no, no, I know, but the yeah, way he's, he's playing, there's no reason that he won't be able to play next year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, look, for mine, changes, it's either going to be Fisher or Silvani and for Kennedy, if they even drop him. They may not. They may not. And yeah. what, was the Williamson injury anything? No, he came he back. He came on. back. Yeah. Williamson was really good, I Williamson, thought. he smashed Rosie. Yeah, Williamson was really Williamson's good. Williamson's had a really good patch as well in the Carlton team. Yeah, I, I'm And it makes a massive difference when you've, got a, set, when you've got a settled back line and you know the, how they're going to line up and you know who's going to be there. It makes a massive difference in any sport. And Williamson really? doesn't get a heap of the ball, but he's good one-on-one. Yeah, no, nah, he is good. He's really good playing, one-on-one. He's been playing really well, Williamson. I just want to point out, how sick did you feel when the goal went through? I said, I watched the game with my dad and I said to him with about a minute to go, I said, I know this is going to be an after the siren job. I could just feel it. See, I felt it was the most deflated I've ever felt. Like I actually, I felt sick in the stomach and then it just made me think, how did Collingwood fans feel when Dom Sheed kicked that goal? Like imagine, just imagine the feeling. It actually makes me feel a bit... I feel a little bit sympathetic now that when I keep posting that that goal to some of our Collingwood mates, like I actually feel like I shouldn't. Like, imagine how terrible that would have felt. Can yeah. you believe it? Yeah, I, don't, I would. I, yeah. Now that you now that you can actually feel that, just put yourself on I a know. grand final. And that's day. the first time we've ever experienced that a goal after the siren in yeah. our lifetime. In our it's lifetime, the first time yeah. it's happened with Carlton since two thousand and two. I think the we Peter, were born uh, before then, but not old enough to. No, well, the Peter Riccardi game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as the first, yeah, I, I've only ever been to one kick after the siren game. It was the Isaac Smith one where he missed after mm. to Geelong in the final. I but, think I was at the. It was the Carlton Best and Ferris yeah, that it was, night. It was. I was there. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was just it was deflating. It was just there was a lot of there was a lot of swearing going on. Yeah, there was a lot of swearing, and it was. A bit, oh, I, th- I actually thought he was a really big chance of missing it because they had been missing a bit. I just I don't know. I actually thought he was a bit closer to the boundary line as well when he took the mark. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was just... I thought, I, he, was like I thought right he was on the boundary same, line. Same, same. It was a way easier kick. Same. I thought he was way on the fence when he I marked I thought it. he was 100% bananaing it. I didn't even... Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Twitter questions. They've come in quick and fast. Yes, We're yes. going to dissect them. First one from Callum Ware. Was this Plowman's best game of the season? Personally, I'd say yes. That's what he said. 100%. It was, um yeah, one of the... Probably, I know you mentioned the game earlier about the game he played on Charlie Cameron last year when we beat them in yep. Teague's first game. And yeah, they're probably his best two games. This He played very well today, Plowman. I agree. Almost his best game for the club, let alone yep, he this well. season. Len Breyer says, Levi has been amazing this year, but that miss in the third quarter, was it? I think it was the second quarter, no? Yeah, second. Whatever yep. it was. Um, yeah, look, Len, we agree. Uh, next one from Mickey C. He says, will we even win a free kick count? <laughs> So I've actually spoken about this so a couple of times now. We give away a lot of free kicks. We I think we panic a bit for touch, and that's where we give away a lot of free... It's just clumsy, unnecessary free kicks. Here's my take on it. 
Did the umpiring cost us the game today? No. No. But there were a lot of moments in the last quarter specifically where I felt we got a bit hard done by. There was one against McKay in the goal square. Yeah, I, I didn't understand I that. I still couldn't tell you what that was for. Sam Walsh on the wing, I can't remember who was it against, but he went in for the mark and they paid it against him right on the boundary line. Who was? Do you remember that one? Say that again, Sam, Sam Walsh. Walsh on the boundary line on the wing. I can't remember who, was, who it was against for Port Adelaide. It may have been Mays where he went in and they gave it a free. I still don't know what that was paid for. I, I couldn't tell you. I thought those two were yeah. were really you know weird ones. I thought um, they were paying the blocking all day. You know, if you're blocking a player and they blocked, you know, when Dixon took that mark, Butters definitely blocked Liam Jones. So that's not a rule that's paid very often. But if no. you're paying it on the day, you've got to pay it every time. I know. Yep. So I think there were a lot of instances, instances in that last quarter where we were probably hard done by. But I, the, I just at think, the end of the no, day... Harry McKay gave away four free kicks. Yeah. At the end of the day, no. Carlton had the ball with 50 seconds to go and the umpiring didn't give the game away. We did. So, so. our key forwards combined... Actually, our key position players combined here. McKay gave away four. McGovern gave away two. Casbolt gave away two. Jones gave away two. You know, you know what that says to me? Just lost position. Yeah, that's just what they were just beaten in the air, and that's what it is. They <laughs> panic for touch. One little dig I'd like to have at Harry McKay is I feel like whenever he's not in a better position in the in the marking contest. He gives away stupid free kicks. Yeah, he does. It's just unnecessary. Like he'll be holding the player's arm, and it's blatant. It's like, H, what are you, what are you doing? Here, We're happy. I'm happy to bring the ball to ground, man. Yeah, like, even, even just let him take the mark. But what I are know. you doing, giving away the free? You're, you're giving yourself no chance. So that's one little dig. And Jones does that as well. Jones does that where he's he's getting. You know, he knows he's going to concede the mark, and he just gives away silly frees. He does. But yeah, I know. I mean, that's but picking. I've been on this for a bit. I, you know, they just give like you know. Sometimes I reckon they... we're a pretty undisciplined team. No, they, it's footy IQ. I'm telling you. But it's, they're young, and that'll they improve. Are, they are. It, they are. It's just it's little things that really do my head in. All right, let's fire through these Twitter questions. Uh, Tracy Reed, big fan of the show. We're a big fan of you, Tracy. She said, "Not mad. The boys gave it everything. How good was Sam Walsh? Well, yeah, that was one hundred percent. That was his best game for the year. So I definitely agree." Uh, Tim W at Blue Irons, he said, Today we seem to spoil our own players a lot in marking contests. Yeah. That is a great point, Tim. Yeah. I definitely agree. He said, As frustrating as it is, should we be happy that they, ga- that they have desire to get to a contest? Same thing with the centering kicks into the middle. Not always coming off, but should we be happy that they're taking the game on? So I think Tim's trying to say maybe the right idea is there, but we're executing it poorly. And yeah, I'd agree with him. Yep. Next one from Jordan Glick. He says, why aren't we playing Cunners in the mid? Obviously had the great game against the Dons as a mid, but can't seem to have a contest, a consistent impact as a forward and, and again was pretty quiet for the third consecutive week and isn't hitting the scoreboard. So, and once again, I think it's, it's a pretty getting, good point. It is. It's getting the right players you know, onto the ball. And if you had Cunningham and Martin and these Instead guys... Instead of Kennedy. Yeah, I just... 100%. I would have got Cunningham a bit more involved in the last quarter. Yeah, no. Or good, even well good before point. it. Great point, Jordan. Um, next one from Christian Bataco. He says, Those last five minutes are going to be brutal to review for the boys. We butchered those last five minutes so badly. Composure at the end of the game needs to be a lot better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. I, I think that we needed to just hold the footy. We needed to create more of a contest in the air and just, yeah, not not lose our heads like we did a little bit. Next one from Gabe Rafferty. Could we have made a change on Charlie Dixon at all? He really dominated us for the entire game. I'm shattered. We 100% could have, but 
I genuinely don't know if it would have helped anything. Yeah, we, but yeah. So we, we could have, but should have we? It's it's. I'd up still for rather Weeder and go in the. Uh, it's it's a really tough one. It's a really it's a real it was a really it's just a hard dilemma because mm. Jones is the perfect you know. Also, I think if we'd put Weedering on Dixon, it doesn't allow him to intercept. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's, exactly. a, that's a big loss. Because Weedering would have had to have played from behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one from Eden Winter. Is SPS the smoothest, most skillful player? Does he even sweat? Would love to move him up <laughs> to a wing. Um, yeah, like he, he is a really slick operator, Petrovsky Seedon, but he's just got to, as we've said earlier, he's just got to get more involved. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure if he sweats, and I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> Thug Mills says, "Why not chip it around in the last minute when we had possession?" Well, look, yeah. I, I wish I, I, I wish I could tell you. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe they thought there was more time on the clock. I don't then, know. And it's it's the bad thing about TV because like, who knows what was behind the well, footy. That, that's the thing. I, that's... I, as in, I the only thing I could I was saying when Gibbons had the ball was just up the line and get it out of bounds, which is what he tried yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. Look, I I think it's really hard to pin it on Gibbons actually. No, I, I'm not I, pinning I, it on Gibbons. No, no, I, I'm, I know I'm pinning, you're not. It, I'm pinning it on the team really. I just think that the team. I mean, the fact that that Gibbons kick was directly marked by a Port Adelaide player is a I disgrace. Know, I know because Carlton players there, McKay and, and McGovern, just everyone need, should have been there. They just needed to know anything but a mark. Anything, anything but a mark. I know. Yeah. Kevin Kwong says, "Why didn't we switch Weedering onto Dixon at halftime?" We've spoken about that. Kevin, I hope you agree with what we've said. At Billy Hill sixty four says one question: Why the f didn't we ice the game rather than continuously kicking long around the boundary? Yeah, yeah. and I don't know. That's a dilemma. That's I guess just so a discussion. Yeah, what and, we should have done. You could go two ways. And, yeah, and Carlton have to. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree because I when when we're leading close games like that, I always say you've still got to score. You know, mm. you, once you go into your shell, you're just opening yourselves up to absorb the last bit of time. No, I agree. Um, I definitely so agree. I, yep, but um, it's a tough. It's a really tough one. It's just yeah. It's not going to be fun reviewing that game for him. No, it won't be. Lockie Edgar says, Smashed on the spread, Port's clean hands and effective handballing, way too good in comparison to our fumbles and errant use of hands. How can we address this? Martin infected into the middle helps. I think SPS needs to join him. So yeah, we've said that. We we definitely got to get better ball users on the ball. Martin needs to be in there more. Martin needs to be there most of the game, I think. He does. He does. Because we win games when he's there. Geelong Bulldogs. 100%. 100%. But yeah, I, I, we just let them transition way too easily. And f- so centrally. So it was, you know, we looked good when we went through the middle. And they kind of, you know, disallowed us to do that after quarter time. But we never stopped them from going through the middle. Lucas J. Gillard, he says, question, why is the universe like this? Oh, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, you're, um, a, you're a blue supporter, mate. We've been through worse. And I actually we're gonna... just like that tweet now. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> we're going to go through better times. Lek Dog, he says, how do you patch holes in a plaster wall? That's a great question. So maybe he's suggesting there's some underlying issues there that are maybe bigger than we think. Yep, there are. And I said it after the Melbourne loss. All I tweeted was paper over cracks. You know, we got the game close and it just kind of, you know, made us naive towards what was still missing. Mm. And, um, yeah, there are, you know, still some massive issues in this Carlton team. But, you know, those issues have gone from, you know, astronomical 12 months ago to things that, you know, we're nearly covering. Yeah. You know, we're not quite there yet, but, you know. We will be there. Big Daddy Bagger, he says, love the name, by the way. <laughs> at, uh, he says, umpiring against us, lads, 8-1 in the fourth. 
it's becoming an issue. Also, why did Weider is not Weider's not take Charlie? Yeah, I think we we've, we have pointed out the umpiring was stiff in the last quarter, but it didn't cost us the game directly. And yeah, Weider's. I mean, we've, we've touched on that. Going to uh, Charlie Dixon, Stephen Ward said they'll learn from it. Matched it with the best side this year. Too many times spoiled. Uh, each in marking contests. So that's something that Stevens yeah, now pointed yeah, yeah, out yeah. as well. And great, you know, blue baggers, we love this. You're bringing things to our attention. He says, Harry gives away far too many frees. Yep, he does. Steven, this, I'm going to like this tweet. Great tweet. Forward efficiency down. Got, get the rough end of the umps in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, that's a great tweet. I think everything was spot on there, Steven. So, yeah, there's not much more to add. Another one, Lillian. She says, composure and leaders. That's all she, she said. Which is fair. It's fair enough. Lacked composure, and she's right. Our leaders let us down yep. today because they really did. If you think about it, guys like Doherty, Casbolt, Jones. Jones yeah, yeah, they did. They really did. Uh, Brenton Patterson said it looked like we had a lot of marking contests where we had three or four blokes go for the grab and no one staying down to crumb. A small thing, but if we clean this up a bit, will we be more damaging? Thoughts. We will learn a lot from this one. Yeah, yep. we just had to bring the ball to ground. Yep. We're really brilliant, good. brilliant insight there. Oh, also, talk to me about the first quarter. That goal to Kane Farrell in the goal oh, square. So no, this is I'm on this. We always need to have someone on the goal line in that position. I said it. Crips I, I, went I can't up. take it. I actually can't take getting getting those goals. Oh, that that is a shocker. Like where's Pitonet? Where are you, mate? Why aren't you on the goal line? I don't get it. Well, I really don't. I don't understand how. Yeah, this is what I how, talk about. How can Port Adelaide be kicking it to the goal square and no one's on the goal line? So Cripps was running with Farrell, but this is what I'm talking about. They just got to know their surroundings a bit better. You know, when you've got, you know, a one on one, we don't need the out number because obviously the ball's going to fall to the front of that pack. Mm. Uh, so, oh god, it was very frustrating. Fraser says, "Why did Gibbons go long with 40 seconds left? Just keep possession and we win." Touched it's on hard that. to it's, know. It's a dilemma. We don't know what's going on behind the ball as well. Mitch says Teague has to take a good portion of that loss, don't you think? To keep Jones on Dixon all game is criminal. Yeah, actually, I disagree. To be honest, Mitch, I think Teague couldn't have coached much better than he did. We spoke about it earlier in the show. To be honest, not many teams. There's not many defenders going round that can. Charlie Dixon's old school. Yeah, well, look, at the end of the it's day... It's a very tough match. Carlton today played against the best team in the comp right now and the best forward in the comp right now. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And the fact that we nearly won, it's just, yeah, it's promising signs. I guess you've just got to take it with a grain of salt, really. Yeah. Nick Marinelli said, hurts big time in capitals. And you know what, Nick, it does. It just, big time. It stings. It stings. Jay Strang Sr., he said, that's more than the Melbourne game. They'll all hurt big time. Yep, they do. And you know what? They will. But this is what I said on last week's show. You don't want to come up against Carlton after they lose. No. Because the two games we had lost, or sorry, the three, well, I'm not going to count Richmond because they were months apart. Yeah. But the two games that we lost since coming back from the COVID break being Melbourne and... St. Kilda. St. Kilda. We have responded with an absolute Bang. We went down the highway and beat Geelong, and then we smacked the Bulldogs last week. So, North Melbourne, we're coming for you. We really are. And I would just love to see the boys go out there and just smack them. And really I, smack them. I think them. it suits us. That, that game's at the Gold Coast rather yeah. than where it usually is, to be honest. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, we've got through all the Twitter questions. Bolt, have we forgotten anything? Is, nah, it, is it time just, to just, just call just, it? Yeah, just a disappointing day. It is, but you know that could have been one a kick, real day at the office. It could. I mean, if Robbie Gray misses, we're here in a completely different light. So you have got to take everything with a grain of salt. In the bigger picture, 
There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that today was another step forward in the bigger picture. They're, they're coming. They're they coming. Are. And I, I, it's probably not going to be this year, but look out. They're coming. They are. And, you know, we said at the beginning of the show, we're probably good enough to play finals. And They Josh, probably won't, though. They, no, they, they, they probably can, won't. They probably won't, but, God, they're gonna be, they, they, they are going to be good. Uh, I just want to bring up a Josh Fraser tweet. Because yep. did you see this one during the week? Yes. Yes, I, I re- do. I really rate it from um, the former VFL uh, Northern Blues coach. So this was in response to um, Paolo Antonio Sebastiani tweeting the overwhelming feeling the old Dark Navy Blue might be back. Josh Fraser responded saying they should be back, mate. Performances like that should be expected. They have the talent and the games behind them now. Exciting times they're capable of finals. And I completely agree, Josh. And he said they have responded before. I wasn't surprised by Sunday's win, that being against the Bulldogs. As I said, expectations should be performances close to that week in, week out. I don't view them as developing now. The Bulldogs had a younger team than them. The Blues have the list to win more than they lose. And that's holding them accountable. And I that's th- what you want. I think we have to go into nearly every game expecting to win. Because I, I thought we were a good chance today. We can win every game. We no, can. We can. We can. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm stoked with how this team is just growing. They're having a good year. Look, we're still nine nine under Teague. You know, considering we were three and forty odd under Bolton yeah, when he yeah. left. So, I think look, it's it's a very tough pill to because today, oh, today could have been the day where we announced ourselves to the world. But mm. you know, we did without winning, which is always annoying. Yeah, look, we're gonna end it there, Blue Baggers. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the show. Now, we're going to do it again next week. Just a quick one. If you haven't listened to our midweek show from last week, definitely tune in. We actually analyzed our full list. We grouped each and every player in our list into different groups being, you know, first-tier players, second-tier players, and we analyzed some of the players that the club should be looking at targeting come the trade period at the end of the year. So... Blue Baggers, go back and listen to that one. It was called the Round 6 List Analysis. We'll be doing it quarterly. So, well, this year, not quarterly. Usually, it would be after Round 6, 12, 18, and then the season. But this year, it'll be after Round 6, 12, and then at the conclusion of the season. So, the first installment of our List Analysis for 2020. Go back and give that a listen. And I know we lost, but we're coming. And you've just got to put your scarves on. Go get around wear, the wear baggers. Your, wear your scarf as a face mask. Yeah, you can wear it as a face mask and just get around the boys because they're coming. They're coming. They're you coming. can just tell. Got to win next week. Got to win. Back to business. Get to 4-4 four and four again and reset for the Perth Hub. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Go to the Perth Hub with the win under your belt and you're looking good. Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning in. And for another week, go the Mighty Blues. Have they been playing against the famous old-